Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this International Women's Day. I'm Courtney Marshall. I'm the president and CEO of the Wichita State University Alumni Association, and it's my pleasure to welcome you this evening. Tonight, the Alumni Association is partnering with Wichita State Athletics for a shock talk discussion with a trio of former multi-sport shocker female athletes. To introduce our shocker sports women, I'd like to bring in our moderator for tonight, Gretchen Torline. Welcome, Gretchen. Thank you very much, Courtney. Gretchen is a familiar face to any of our former student athletes and current ones. She's a 1994 graduate and serves as the Director of Athletic Academic Services. And I'll turn it over to you to introduce tonight's guests. Great, thank you so much, Courtney. Good evening, everyone. And I'd like to welcome you to Shock Talk. Um, I'd like to first introduce Kiyomi Johnson. Um, Kiyomi graduated from WSU in 2000 with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. As a member of the WSU women's basketball team, she earned both first team all-conference honors and scored over a thousand points in her career. She was also a member of the track and field team her freshman year and the softball team her senior year. T today, Kiyomi is a sergeant with the Sedgwick County Sheriff's Department. And next, I'd like to introduce Terry Moses. Terry graduated from WSU in 1980 and 1990 with a bachelor's and a master's degree in administration of justice. While in undergrad, Terry was a member of the women's softball and basketball teams. Terry went on to become a deputy chief at the Wichita Police Department, the highest ranking ever held by a woman. Today, Terry is the Director of Safety Services for USD 259. Next, I'd like to introduce Dina Torgerson. Dina graduated from WSU in 1996 with a bachelor's degree in graphic design, and in 1998 with a master's degree in sport management. Dina was a member of the women's basketball team and an all-American track and field athlete for Wichita State. She is a member of the Missouri Valley Conference track and field all century team and was inducted to the WSU Hall of Fame in 2002. Today, Dina is a marketing project and proofing specialist at BG Products. Okay, that is our panel for tonight. And I'm gonna start with uh, the first question for Terry Moses. Terry, can you describe for us what college athletics was like for women during your time, especially in contrast to your male counterparts? Well, we were discussing this before we started this evening and Title IX was enacted in 1972, but I came to Wichita State uh, in 1978 and with no law, nothing happens quickly. And when I came to Wichita State, uh, there were two athletic departments, men's and women's, there was not one. And the women's athletics department wasn't even on campus. It was in a small building off of 17th and Hillside. Uh, the discrepancies were huge, but at the time you really didn't know it because you didn't know what you were missing. Uh, but you weren't allowed on the basketball court uh, when the men were on, there were no times. If they wanted to practice longer, they could practice longer and you had to wait until they got off the court. Uh, you know, travel, meals, lodging, all of that was just tremendously different uh, between the two uh, male and female athletics. It, it was amazing the difference. And now I see the, the strides that we've made and I'm, I'm so proud of the accomplishments of everybody who's fought 
to make sure there's equity. Great, yeah, huge, yeah. huge discrepancy. Um, Dina, could you, um, did you notice inequities between your teams and male teams during your time competing in the early 90s? If so, what were some of the inequities that you witnessed? I think we're having some technical difficulties. We can't hear Dina. So we might come back to that. We might come back to that. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and move on. Dina, can we hear you? Can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, sorry. They're, um, they're, they were very slight inequities when I was there between the men's and women's basketball team. Um, we might have got two pair of shoes um, for the whole season. The men maybe got six pairs. Um, I don't know exact numbers. Our locker room was pretty bare, looked like a high school locker room, and the men's locker room was pretty nice. Um, Trout may have differences there. I'm not sure if the men got to fly places. Um, they didn't have surprised me. I think there were more than between basketball and track. Um, track, uh, we would you know, have very limited meal money when we go on trips and we would stay uh, maybe four athletes per room versus with basketball, there was two. Um, and track didn't even have a locker room at that time. Um, we changed in a restroom with the cockroaches in a, you know, lower level of, at that time, you know, of Coke Arena than Levitt Arena. So that's where more of the inequities lied was between some of your uh, basketball versus track. Yeah, that was definitely, we. I, I can remember that. Um, so the next question is for Kiomi. Kiomi, can you speak specifically to your experience as a black student athlete at WSU? What experiences made you feel included in the athletic department and in the university? And what experiences uh, were isolating for you? Well, I don't really recall any um, negative uh, energy as far as being a, a black student athlete. Um, I think it was more of a cultural shock, culture shock for me coming to the city of Wichita in itself um, and also being in, in on campus. Um, while I was on campus, there wasn't a lot of people that looked at, looked like me. Um, so I felt very isolated in the classrooms. Um, and also as a, a young black kid coming, coming from Cleveland where I, I grew up, our high school junior high was 97%, 98% uh, black. Um, it, it, was, it was quite the different uh, coming here to Wichita. Um, as a young black teenager, um, I felt that there wasn't a lot um, for me or others um, to do, you know, outside of the athletic department, outside of school. I remember when I first got here, the first club I went to was a country bar. I never I never listened to country music before. I was used to R&B and hip hop music. Um, but I, I can I can tell you this, I felt 
most comfortable um, in the athletic department um, at the time. Like Dina said, it was Henry Levitt Arena. Um, felt comfortable at the gym, in the weight room, um, study halls. The athletic department did a great job of making us uh, everyone feel comfortable. And so, and that's where my, my safe place was. Um, but outside of that, it took Wichita took a little bit of uh, getting used to, um, as well as you know, walking around on campus and being in a classroom. Um, and it wasn't unusual for me to walk into a classroom and I was the only black person in the room. So that took a little bit getting used to. Yeah, but you you definitely got used to Wichita because you now it's your home and you're you're here and you didn't go back to Cleveland. So um, that's great to hear. Kiomi, do you have anything like, I mean, do you, what about the inequities between uh, male and female, like when you were playing, what did you, did you feel anything? Um, there were things like, um, we, when I first got here, I thought that the, the men, they, they, they had a contract, I think with Nike and I think we had Converse or something like that. And then we later on switched to Nike. I think that, um, they had uh, way more chartered flights than we did. Uh, we, we flew commercial most of the time. Um, it felt like that we had to do a lot more fundraisers um, than a men's team and, and get out there in the public and, and try to raise money for our department because we weren't getting the same amount of fans and uh, you know coming to the games. Um, so it was it it was it was things like that. Um, obviously, the gap was starting to um, shorten uh, you know a little bit, but for you know travel wise, I can think what I think of is probably the biggest um, difference at the time when I was there. Right, right. Okay, um, Dina, I'd like to ask you, um, you competed in two sports, uh, basketball and track and field while at WSU and being a collegiate two sport athlete is rare, uh, especially with as well as you did in both of them. But how did you balance both sports and how were you able to find success in both? Well, you burned the candle at both ends. Um, used about every daylight hour there was. Um, I really had to communicate with the track and field staff to let them know when I could practice. Um, in the fall and winter, basketball was my focus, and I would try to participate with uh, those team activities and practices, and then um, schedule a track practice with a coach or on my own many times um, after basketball practice or between classes or whenever I had available time. So there was a lot of communication um, and track was great with it. They really did work with me and my schedule. Um, once the spring came around, then my focus shifted to track and I would participate with the team track practices. And at those times, and basketball always came secondary. And if I could make a team event for basketball, then I would. But um, if this, the focus shifted in uh, to track. Um, now, I think doing both sports uh, certainly helped me be successful in both. Um, the weightlifting um, with the track team. Um, and I think that strength that I got from 
doing explosive lifts with track carried over and helped me in basketball um, make me stronger and be able to shoot easier. Um, and, and then doing track, it kind of provided me an outlet to, you know, not always focus, you know, uh, have a short memory of a bad game or, um, uh, and not just dwell on it. So I think doing both helped. It helped, you know, certainly learn how to prioritize and, and time management for sure. I wouldn't recommend it to athletes today to try to do both. I just don't think there's enough hours and, um, you know, there's limits to your body and a body needs to rest. And I rarely got any rest. So I would not recommend it today. Yeah, I also I use you as an example a lot uh, as well, because, um, you know, majoring in graphic design, um, you had a lot of afternoon long lab classes. And I do remember how well the track coaches worked with you, that you were out there. And, and, it, and it helps that track is an individual sport and you were javelin. And so they could they could practice with you. But I do know how accommodating they were to you. Um, practicing at like in the morning when you had all those afternoon classes. Yeah, most definitely. That. Most definitely. And even basketball, they did, um, I think one time um, towards my end of my career, I think, um, say our standard practice time was between 10 or something, uh, and I would have a class on. They did, I think on that day, were able to switch it so that we had practice later that day so I could get to most of practice um, and not miss it. So, um, you know, basketball is also accommodating and they allow me to do you know, the lifting with track team um, to keep that in action during the off season um, track as well. So, um, yeah, classes wouldn't choose the easiest um, class schedule or major and um, there was some definite challenges there with long lab classes. Right, right. Um, and Terry, you were a, a two-sport athlete as well. Can you kind of address the same thing, how it was for you to um, place two sports? Uh, you know, Kiyomi said that the, that the gym was your safe place. And I actually had no intentions of playing softball, but was playing basketball and um, friendships uh, came about and somebody said, hey, come over and play softball. And I ended up walking on the softball team and absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. And just like Kiyomi said, that's your safe place. That's where you went every day. And having that continuation the one thing I valued that Dina, you know, said that you can't do today, and I've seen it when I've mentored some athletes, is the change in sports and the fact that you could change your focus from being basketball 12 months out of the year. I really enjoyed that. And I know that's one of the hard parts about today's athletes, that you have to be so committed to one sport that it is a 12-month process. Uh, with two sports, you had the opportunity to change, change your focus, change your coach, change your, you know, even a little bit, you, that group you worked with. So in my time, two sports, I think, um, was very enjoyable. Uh, it was a great way to keep that connection with school and, and to keep you positively involved with the university. Did you have, did you have other people that were um, two sport athletes as well back then? 
uh, not the year that I played. Um, I think we did have somebody that did like Dina. We did a little, we had somebody that did a little bit of track on the side, some individual things, but not, um, um, not a full-time track athlete like Dina was. I think it was more an individual sport. Excellent. Thank you. Now I'm going to move on to um, uh, some questions that are just open-ended. Anybody just jump in, whoever. Uh, I'd like to hear from all of you on these. Um, but what are some of the challenges you faced in your career because of gender? And in what ways did you work to overcome them? I'll go first. I'm the oldest. Um, I, Kiyomi and I share the chain career law enforcement. And in school, when you were in school, it was very open. People were talking about change, just like they were talking about Title IX. And uh, honestly, you got this false sense of the fact that the world was open to law enforcement to women. And when you walked in the door, you did kind of get that because the upper echelon realized that they needed women in law enforcement back in the 80s. Um, but you got a rude awakening after you um, left the offices in the safe place and you went out on the street. And uh, very few of the, of the men on the police department accepted women. Uh, it was very, very much of a challenge. And the other thing that was surprising is the community didn't accept women. It, you know, you were told over and over again that you didn't belong here. There was no place for you. And uh, very, very fortunate. I uh, went back and got my master's degree and again got reinvigorated into the fact that there was change out there. I worked hard to overcome those obstacles. Uh, I was told more than once I was going to be fired. Uh, it's just, it was a different world, just like it was athletics. Um, I'm hoping in both athletics and in law enforcement, those rules are changing. Uh, but I know the glass ceiling still exists. Uh, it's out there for a lot of people who try to raise up through the ranks, uh, whether it's to become a coach uh, or to become a, an administrator in a law enforcement agency. Thanks, Terry. Key, Dina, do you have anything to add? Um, yeah, just to piggyback off of what uh, Terry was saying about law enforcement, it, it's, it's a tough field for uh, females. Uh, it seemed, you have to go out there. You have to get your, your boots dirty with the guys. Um, you have to prove that you're tough, that you can take it. Um, usually, you know, when you first start as a female, you get called out. So if there is a child on scene or you're, you're there to comfort another female um, on a call and, 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 you know, they automatically will call a female to help out. And, and so the, the, the times are, slowly changing in law enforcement. You have more women of rank in a lot of different agencies. Um, you have women that are in specialty positions such as canines, SWAT teams, things of that sort. So um, it's, it's a tough field. Um, and, you know, it, it, it takes, uh, sometimes I would, at the beginning, I would come home and question if it was something I really wanted to do, but, you know, 20 years later, I'm still there. So, um, you know, it's definitely relatable to athletics also, you know, being a female athlete, you're, you seem like you're always being compared to, to, to the male athletes. Yeah, that's a good point. Dina, have you experienced anything? No, to be quite honest, um, I don't feel like I've 
um, been held back or faced any challenges in my career um, due to my gender. Um, honestly, I think that at times um, being a female who had an extreme interest in sports um, has helped me because I kind of was, um, I don't know, looked to or put in forth like I was um, a little bit of an oddity, like, oh, I don't know anything about sports, um, but this person does. And guess what? She's even female and she did well at them. So it was interesting that my boss for a long time would, um, when male clients would be in the office, that he would point that out um, almost as if he was getting street cred off of my interest in sports. So it was pretty funny. Um, but I don't think I, you know, I felt like I've been promoted based on the you know, skills and abilities and, and I haven't been held back fortunately, but um, I can say that I did interview once um, for a position with a gentleman who right away, I could tell he was a real pig. And I knew that I would not um, do very well in that position. So I quickly pulled myself out of that job option to avoid having to subject myself to um, perhaps some bias and, and mistreatment based on my gender. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I don't, I, people have asked me the same thing and I don't think, um, I don't know, I've been doing this for 30 years, so I don't feel like, and when I started, you know, there was, it was all women in the department. So um, in our student services. So I don't think um, that's been a, a deal for me either. Um, I do want to ask you all about um, if you have overcome, try to share a story with us um, of a time that maybe you uh, have overcome a difficult difficulty in your athletic career. And what are some resources maybe from campus or the athletic department that help you persevere? Anybody's um, free to go. I can start, well, I guess. Am I on? I can't. Oh, there we go. Um, my, my senior year, um, my mother passed away um, right before we were going to take a big uh, road trip to Hawaii. Um, unexpected unexpectedly. Um, and I had to immediately fly home and be with my family, uh, that week. And, um, the night of the funeral, I'll never forget this. I got a, my dad called me in and that and said that, um, Hey, pack your stuff. Um, you're going, you're going to Hawaii. And I'm like, I now I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm staying here. And uh, my dad had been on the phone with the athletic department and they had got me a flight. Um, back to Wichita from Cleveland that night. So I packed, um, unpacked and I got back to Wichita, packed for Hawaii. Uh, the athletic department um, took me to the airport and I joined the team in Hawaii the next day. And uh, there, I, can, I couldn't thank them enough uh, for doing that. Never knew it was coming. Um, you know, I wasn't expected to make the trip. You know, my dad said, hey, there's nothing else that you can you can do here, go be with your team. And the athletic department and him, they, they made it happen. Um, you know, so I'm forever grateful for that. Not only when I got back, you know, they didn't leave me alone. Um, they wouldn't let me be in my room alone. They went and, you know, when I got to Hawaii, I couldn't, I had to be in a room with somebody constantly. I, I had all kinds of access to 
people that I, if I needed to talk to counselors or anything. So it was just a, um, uh, just unbelievable um, help from the the staff there. And, um, and I, I'll never forget that. So I was truly grateful for it. Yeah, I do remember that. And I feel like um, it always felt, at least to me, that I felt like the whole athletic department, not only athletic department, but Wichita State and, and the city really kind of came and really kind of took you under their wing and everybody felt for you so much. And um, at the games, at the home games, I mean, like I can even get teary thinking about it, just how um, how emotional it was, how emotional you were playing and um, how everybody just rallied around and just like wanted, you know, um, wanted to to help you any way they could. So I, I definitely remember that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got, I can tell you probably over a hundred cards and I, I still have them till this day and in, in a, um, in a bag in, a, in, in my, in, you know, for, in storage. And um, so the, the city really rallied behind me during that, that tough time as well. And um, that, that's another big reason why I'm still here. <laughs> that's good. I love that. Um, Terry, Dina, do you have any anything? Dina, I know you do. Or maybe she's not here. Yeah, with us. Um, I didn't get a hundred cards. <laughs> um, I didn't get a hundred cards like Kiomi did, but I did get one letter that was addressed just to my name and Wichita State University, and somehow it made it to me. Um, and it was just from someone in the community, but. Um, I received that letter. Um, I'd gone through it in the spring of 96. I was diagnosed with cancer literally just weeks after uh, my senior year of basketball. I was preparing for the track season and I had immediate surgery to remove a tumor. And then three days later, I started chemotherapy. Um, so not a lot of time to process everything and, and certainly a shock when you think you're the strongest and in the best shape of your life. And to have a doctor tell you that you um, have cancer. Um, shortly after my diagnosis, I remember um, having a conversation with my parents and doctors, and we were talking about where I would want to complete the treatments. Did I want to go back home to Topeka, where my family was, or stay in Wichita? And I never wavered on this decision, and I knew pretty immediately that I wanted to stay in Wichita. And it's because of that sense of family that the athletic department had provided me, my teammates, um, coaches, the staff there at the athletic department um, were fantastic. Um, you know, my teammates <laughs> were crazy. Um, they would go on food runs for me when I, you know, randomly would want something to eat during chemotherapy and i you know if i'd all of a sudden it would be strange things like i'd crave a wendy's baked potato and then something else from some other restaurant and they wouldn't care that they'd have to drive halfway across town to get those two items but they would bring it to me um they even helped me shave my head when my hair started to fall out due to the chemo um and gave me bandanas and you know they were just very supportive um my coaches, they were always checking in on me. The department staff was always checking in. 
um, there was a trainer that actually um, at one point during my treatments, I needed to have shots um, on a daily basis. And um, you can imagine it's kind of hard to give yourself a shot, but this trainer would come over every morning and give me the shot. Um, and she would also um, many times drive me to doctor's appointments if I was too ill or too weak to um, get myself there. So, um, you know, the support was there and I knew it would be. Um, and, you know, I will never forget all those people that helped. Um, I even had um, a Missouri Valley Conference uh, player at a different school. Uh, she played at Drake and um, about six to nine months, I think, before my diagnosis, she had a very similar diagnosis. Um, even connected through, um, I think, our coaches, our coaches and um, we ended up chatting with and he was able to share information about her experience and deal with cancer. So it was to be able to come and be able to make classes faster, but Dina, we're having trouble hearing you. I think we're having trouble with Dina. So we're going to move on and she can come on. Terry, do you have anything? Anybody else? Any any struggles that they had to persevere through? Uh, I certainly can't compare to those two. I, I can just say the same thing in terms of the support. Um, you know, when I started at Wichita State, I wasn't really actively involved in athletics. Uh, until the season started again, the difference between now and then uh, basketball, you know, you didn't really have that fall. You didn't start till then. And just the difference in the connectivity and the support that you got once the season started was tremendous. And it stayed that way throughout my career. Excellent. That's great to hear. Um, now another, another um, question for all of you, just, um, We'd like to know who some of your mentors were, how they influenced you, if you had anybody special that kind of helped you along the way, um, who it would be and how they influenced you. Um, I say for me was uh, my high school coach, uh, James Spurrier. Um, he was the first one to plant the thought in my head that I can play college basketball. Um, he went to my parents and said, hey, do you know your daughter is is good enough to get a scholarship to play basketball? And I we didn't know. We didn't know anything about it. And, uh, you know, he, he got me set up, um, you know, saying this is the GPA you need. Uh-oh. I think Kilmi's frozen as well. <laughs> okay, Terry, you're out. <laughs> oh, wait. 
Are you okay? You're, go ahead. Continue. Continue. Okay. Um, and so taking me to camps, I started getting letters. Um, you know, he he was a, a college coach for a small school. And so he knew what it took to put me on a radar to possibly get a scholarship. And, you know, obviously he got my parents interested so they can save a lot of money. And uh, so he is my mentor. And then it, there's a person on this panel uh, and Gretchen Torline is, is another mentor of mine. Um, Gretchen didn't take any stuff, man. You know, athletes are always listening to how great they are and, you know, whatever else. And she'll she pull you aside and say, get your stuff together. You, 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 your grades or you need to do this. You need a tutor. You need, I mean, she would humble you. Uh, so it, she was very hard on us, but we knew it came from a good place. And, and so I, I have to say Gretchen Torline is, is, is one of my mentors as well. That's nice, Key. I'll, I'll send you money. I'll send you money tomorrow for saying that. Thank you. And thanks for putting it so nicely that I uh, told you to get your stuff together. Yeah, I, yeah, it was a little bit little, more explicit than that. A little so. harsher than that, but, yeah. but thank you very much. <laughs> Anybody else? Mentors? Um, I can tell you, I had a totally different experience in Kiyomi. I came from a 1A school in, in a very, very small town in Kansas. Uh, and uh, all of my coaches always were very, very supportive. But the, probably the biggest supporters are people who really, really challenged me academically and in terms of leadership. And I had a teacher who taught a variety of things in a 1A school who challenged me to take on leadership roles uh, even a state level running for state office, something that I'd never dreamed of, kind of like Kiyomi, uh, rather than seeing athletic skills, which I think just were a part of growing up in a small town, but they saw leadership skills. Uh, and that helped me tremendously. And then when I got to Wichita State, um, one person I really remember was Carol Koenig. Um, unfortunately, she died a couple years ago. Uh, but I took some women's studies classes and she did the same thing. She really, really challenged me to look at what I could do and how I could see, could see succeed as a leader. And uh, very, very grateful for the fact that she pushed me, uh, both of those teachers, one in high school and then in college, pushed me uh, to really think outside the box and try to do different things that maybe I wasn't comfortable with. That's great. That's great. Um, what about, can you think of some moments or opportunities that you wish you would have valued or taken advantage of more in college or in your careers? I was very, very, very lucky to do an internship with the Wichita Police Department my senior year. Uh, and that was my introduction into my career. Uh, but I didn't do enough of those kind of things. Um, again, that's the one of the negative things about that athletics is it limits your ability maybe to do uh, career visits, those kind of things. I was very fortunate that my coaches let me um, spend the time to do an internship uh, that were maybe you miss it, you'd miss a practice or you miss something that you go through that. But certainly value those connections and those relationships that you make. Um, I know those to those day to this day you still uh, interact with people who you met 40 years ago. Um, I think for me, uh, I wish that probably would have hit the books a, a little bit harder. Um, I yes. went from I went <laughs> I went from uh, 
not knowing what to do as a freshman around Wichita to knowing everything to do as a senior. So um, I, I just wish that, um, you know, I, I, I would have hit the books a, a, a tad bit harder. Um, and uh, other than that, I can't say I have much regrets. It was I had a blast. That's great. I love the book comment. I, I love you, Key. Yeah. Dina, what about you? Um, I would say along Terry's line, I would definitely wish I would have um, networked with boosters a little more in college and um, spent a little more time exploring some different career options. Um, you know, if my degree was a little bit ambiguous. So, you know, I could go into marketing, I could go into a design firm, you could do this, do that, and not having any experience in any specific areas really made it challenging to determine exactly Well, I think we we're, we're we're losing Dina again. Can you hear us, Dina? Um, but I, I think part now. of that is also, yeah. I mean, part of that also is being, you know, a two sport athlete. It's the the time commitment really plays a part in being able to do the internships and and other stuff. I think as well. Definitely think we lost her again. Think we lost her again. Um, now I have a couple questions. These are these are probably my favorite. I think um, I hope we have student athletes listening because they always talk about this. But um, can you guys address what are some of the transferable skills you learned during your athletic career that have helped you in your career today? I think. Um as a student athlete, the schedule that we had, it has to prepare you for a lot of things in, in life. It was leaving your, your dorm room at seven o'clock and getting back in the morning and getting back 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock after you've gone to study hall and did homework. Um, that, that in itself prepares you um, for the, the workforce. Um, just, you know, leadership skills, being confident, um, you know, dependable. Uh, a lot of those things, a lot of employers uh, want to see that in their employees. I think for me, um, you know, it, it, it made the transition so much easier than somebody who, you know, in our field and in the law enforcement field, is you, it's a lot of college athletes and there's also military people. And I think those two fields transfer really well in, in, into law enforcement. And so I think I would have had a little bit of a harder time um, getting into law enforcement if I wasn't uh, a student athlete. Great. Thanks, Key. Terry? Uh, this is always one of my favorite questions um, because I did used to do some recruiting back when I was within law enforcement. I mean, literally, you can run the gamut of the positive things that you get out of athletics that translate well into a career teamwork. 
I, I don't know anybody who works anywhere and especially now we're even in seeing it in a Zoom environment, you can work at your home, but you've got to work it as a team to solve problems. Uh, the ability to work under stress. Um, one of the things that we love about uh, working in athletics is you can go from running as fast as you can, being as emotionally charged as you can, you immediately have to shut it off when the whistle blows. And that's a very transferable skill in terms of your fighting for your idea, your thought process, but then you have to back off uh, leadership skills. Anybody who's been involved in athletics has got some strong leadership skills. One of the skills that I think is, is wonderful is resilience. Uh, you've got to have a short memory. Uh, you may have had a really bad game. You may have got, gotten beat badly in a game, but you've got to turn around and play the next one. And you've got to be able to ready to go. And so you have to have that resilience. And of course, the ability to learn the academic side. I mean, we were student athletes and this, the word student comes first. And that ability to learn translates very well in the work environment. The fact that you can take on a challenge, something new, um, learn a, a totally different elective, a different area, uh, that's what employers are looking for. Dina? Yeah, I echo all of those sentiments. Um, hit it right on the head. I think um, teamwork has been one of the strongest skills that I can share in my career. And um, you certainly notice uh, when you have issues with coworkers, um, you know, a lot of them lack that skill. Um, and I think being able to adapt to challenges, um, I, Terry touched on it, but, you know, you're working a project and then something gets changed at the last minute or you learn new information. So it changes your project, being able to calmly regroup and go back to the drawing board and adjust a few things, um, just as you would in basketball. If all of a sudden they threw a zone defense at you, you weren't expecting, you're able to adjust and make game adjustments to, to be able to, you know, get shots off and against the zone. So I think it's, you know, I think all those skills, those that, Terry touched on and Kiyomi, they're great. And um, if I was in a position of hiring um, people, I would certainly give a leg up to anybody who had participated in sports. Right, and I think we also try to uh, teach our student athletes another, I think another quality is being able to take um, criticism. You know, your coach is always telling you, you know, this and the being able to be critiqued and criticized and, and not criticized, but but, you know, telling you what you didn't do right and what you need to do better. It's sometimes hard for um, people that aren't, you know, you're you're an athlete. You're used to that. You're used to your coach telling you, hey, you know, you didn't block out. You didn't do this. You didn't do that and screaming at you. Um, and then when you get in the workforce and somebody tells you, yeah, this isn't good, either you didn't do well. You know, a lot of times um, I feel like I, I try to teach, tell our athletes that that's character building and it teaches you when you're in the workforce to be able to take that and 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 work through it. So I think that's another another thing as well, because uh, we try to teach our athletes that you make yourself um, very marketable. If you market your your characteristics for being a good student, a, a, an athlete to be in a, an employer, an employee. So. That's very, I, I love that question. And our last one I wanna talk about, and this is another one that our athletes um, and our students really wanna know about, because some of them have issues with it is, and we kind of hit on it, 
but how was your transition from college athletics to the workforce? And what advice would you give graduating seniors um, for a successful transition? Because a lot of kids, it's it's hard for them to you know stop playing and be what we call they call muggles and and not have that anymore and not have that title of oh you're the athlete. Um, it's kind of hard for some of them. So can you can you all touch on that a little bit? Well, the biggest change for me was you went from being gone all day to you were done with class and then it was like oh i don't have study hall to be at oh i don't have to lift weights i have this whole full day um and i don't know what to do um you know for me i my advice is don't wait too late don't wait to the very end to start thinking about what you're going to do um I try to have a plan and I know it's hard, it's easier said than done, but when once you've stopped everything and now you're trying to figure out well, what I'm gonna do now, I think um, it, it's not too late, but it definitely puts you in a little bit of a hole. I mean, I think that you should be um, trying to, you know, get it figured out. I know for me, it was, it was a little bit um, difficult because I was still trying to decide if I was gonna play professionally or not. And I decided not to. And so I was like, I, I think it's time for me to get out here and, and get a job. So um, just just having the back of your mind, you know, a, a plan on what you think you, you're going to do. And so when you're done, you're not just sitting there staring at a wall. Great, great. Dina, Terry. I, I mean, I, I felt like just finding the job is the hardest but you know as we mentioned i think you're well prepared once you get that job um with all those skills that we just talked about i think your employer will soon quickly uh see what you would bring to the the to the job and you know to the team there that you're going to be working with so i think the toughest part is finding that job and and like Yomi said sometimes it's you know, not knowing exactly what you want to do. Um, so it's never too early to start thinking and start researching some of the options that you're considering so that when it comes down to it, then you can best prepare yourself um, the next step. You know, as far as missing um, the everyday competition and, and practice and athletic um exercise and all that stuff you know i would certainly encourage not to just stop cold a third generational program where you can continue to play um work out you know exercise on a regular basis because i think um, that's important to maintain and, and and ready to work so i'm it's because uh, you use the competition. You can find that, um, so, you know, a recreational program. Adjustment. Okay. I think we lost her again. Terry? <laughs> yeah, I, I go back to, again, repetitive here, but I have been so fortunate to find a career that I've done now for 40 years. Uh, that I absolutely love. And, and what Kiyomi said and, and is very, very right. 
start thinking about your passion and what you want to do. Find something that's rewarding to you. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I know Kiyomi is too in law enforcement. I know, know Dina is too in what she does that if you enjoy what you do, just like when you played ball, it's not work. It, it, we, it is really, really rewarding to be in law enforcement. It's rewarding to be in public service. I couldn't, I couldn't be any happier in terms of how my career is, has played out. But in terms of being successful, it's a lot of the same things that you did in athletics. You need to have a schedule. Uh, you know, you need to, to focus on your learning time, your reading time, uh, your stay fit time, your exercise time, being consistent. And just like when you were in, in athletics and you found that mentor or you found that person that you could go to and talk to, you need the same thing in your work life. Uh, you need to have somebody that when you have a bad day, you can run it by them and talk to them about it. Uh, so using a lot of those same skills and those resources that you used when you were a student athlete, they all translate very well into the work environment. Uh, so work hard, uh, challenge yourself, uh, you know, basically dream about the possibilities that you have and reach out and try to achieve those possibilities and you'll be successful. Right. And I think that and we had a comment here um, about that. And I think that, um, you know, I I played college basketball back in the day. And I know that um, when this job came open and um, I just happened on it, I had a friend who who was doing it and she hated athletics. And I thought I knew I never wanted to be a coach. And I thought, well, wow, that that would be great being in the athletic department. And um, so I actually did it. Uh, I did it for uh, for free my first year and um, never have looked back. I mean, this is ab absolutely my calling, uh, what I what I love and what I've done for so long. And I think that um, uh, Kristen wanted to know how we how we, you know, connect with people and how how to better um, uh, connect with people in, in your desired field. And I think that, you know, we try to tell them, uh, you know, use that you're an athlete, use the booster base, um, talk to people, get out, meet people. It, it, it's who you know. A lot of times you get into things and you find out things, just who you know. Um, I think that's important. Any other advice along that lines from you all? The, the same thing on the academic side, you know, not only does the university have great contacts on the athletic side, but within your college or within your career, and I go back to Carol Koenig, um, she had all kinds of um, connections within the city. Uh, use those connections, use those opportunities to get to know people, but you've got to reach out. It's not really easy for every um, academic instructor to come to you and say, this is who you need to go to. You need to find your passion and you need to ask the questions about how can I connect or how can I get connected uh, to people within the city or within the type of career that I'm looking forward to? Yeah, that's important. I think uh, it's very important. A lot of these, these people care about the program um, and you have to get out there and you have to talk to the fans. You have to engage with them you know they're they're spending their time their money um they're coming to games they're supporting you and you just you never know who you'll meet in the stands and just going out there whether it's signing autographs or talking to kids or whatever it may be i've met some very interesting 
people just from um, engaging uh, with the, the folks who took the time out of their their uh, busy schedules to, to watch us play. And it wasn't very many back then. So, um, but I, I'm still friends with a lot of those folks. And like I said, you never know who someone is and you, they may know somebody that may know somebody that's interested in what you're wanting to do. So you have to get out there and you have to talk to people. Yeah, that's great. Dina? Maybe? Oh, Larry, um, I, I'm not on that one. So, you know, I think I wish I was connected more with Boost and those for the program. Because only, you know, I just went through a job change and I was looking for a, a new job. It was, who do I know? Because it's a lot easier to get into a where you know someone at that company and can recommend and for the people that you'll be working with or uh, to make a, a situation to know it's going to be a good fit. So um, just, you know, like you said, keep talking to people out there. And, you know, I've got people I know that they have basketball and now they are a worker in the world. Certainly not. Perfect. Yeah, it's just it's it's networking. Meet people. Use it to your advantage. Um, uh, I think that's that's very very important. It is you know who you know. Um, well, I think I think that's all the questions we have for tonight. I want to thank um, you all for joining us. Even you, Key, for joining us. Um, I appreciate it. Good to talk to you all, and um, I appreciate all the time you had. Well, and I too want to thank everyone for joining us. I know we had a few technical difficulties, so we appreciate the audience bearing with us. Um, in our world of COVID, we kind of have to roll with the punches when um, we're trying to do these live events. So thank you all for being patient. And um, just want to say thanks to each of you um, for joining us, sharing some stories, getting to know you all better. Um, it's just great to hear some of the advice and, and some of the thoughts that you have. So Gretchen, thanks to you too for moderating and Kristen for setting this up and partnering with the Alumni Association and for anyone out there watching, we are partnering with a lot of different units on campus. So um, if you enjoyed tonight, please watch for other um, YouTube channel opportunities for shock talks in the future but thank you all for joining us on today's international women's day shock talk shocker female athletes we really appreciate you being here with us thanks thanks courtney have a great appreciate night everybody you.